Hello and welcome back to a bonus episode of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. In fact, really it's not a bonus episode. It's uh, an episode that I owed you from last week that I was not able to do on time. And I'll explain why. I have a lot to talk about today. I'm sitting here currently in my little office, my tiny little office here in the center of Munich. And yeah, finally I had a moment to maybe reflect a little bit with you. Uh, Not maybe, but definitely reflect with you about what I've been doing, why I was late, why we didn't have an episode last Thursday. Um, And honestly... I feel like it was kind of rude that I that I just didn't say anything. The thing was, I was traveling, and it was so stressful, and there was so much going on. And, you know, the, the real, like, cherry on top of this uh, is that I had this amazing idea for an episode. You're, you're going to love this. And maybe I can still do it um, in a week or two because I have to go to another wedding. But I went to a wedding in Greece. I was traveling around a lot um, recently, and we were invited to go to a a wedding in Greece, and and it was my first time there, and uh, I had never been, and I'm going to talk about all of that. There's there's quite a good story, uh, or a few stories uh, wrapped up into that vacation, but I had this great idea for an episode that I wanted to do for the trip in Greece, which was like, oh, you know what I can do? I'm at a wedding of... An American girl and a British guy here in Greece, and they live in Germany. How cool and multicultural and diverse and yada yada is all that? And maybe what I can do, since I didn't bring my microphone and stuff, what I could do is just take my phone and use the little voice memo app, and I could just go like person to person and just like, I don't know, well, go, let's say, for example, like I could go up to the, the, the bride and say, you know, here we are in beautiful Sifnos in an island off the coast of Greece. Um, you know, you're an American. What was it like for you to move to Germany? And why are you marrying um, this lovely British gentleman here in Greece? And like, talk about why these decisions were made. And then same with him, like, how does it feel to be getting married? Are you excited? What drew you guys to Sifnos? And, you know, what about your bride-to-be is, um, you know, like, why is she your special person? Uh, and do these um, cultural differences cause sometimes issues between you, as I'm, I imagine they do for everybody? Or do they spark a, a sense of, like, cuteness or adorability, which also happens uh, something someone says is off or weird or different. And, uh, you know, you can find a lot of little special sparkly moments uh, in relationships like that. So I had thought it was a good idea. And then I would just go around to uh, lots of different people. There was a lot of British people at the wedding, of course, a good handful of American people, and then people from basically everywhere else. I mean, there was um, people from Australia and from other countries in Europe. And it was just very cool to, I say everywhere else as if, you know, literally every other country was there when really it was just like four other countries, which is so American of me. And yeah, so I owed you guys this one. This is a very fresh episode. Um, I'm recording it 
you're hearing it today, uh, most likely on a Monday. It's because I recorded it today on a Monday. I finally had the time to, to get away and record it. Um, but yeah, that was the episode that I wanted to give you. I wanted to do a cool multicultural wedding abroad sort of episode, you know, in the field, very journalistic style. Uh, and maybe I can do that next month because guess what, ladies and gentlemen, I have to go to another wedding, uh, destination wedding, but thankfully we can drive this time. Uh, <laughs> the flying, flying the whole fam, uh, you know, economy, <laughs> you know, I think in one day on the return trip, the return trip was 16 hours, which is a long day. And we also didn't sleep so well, as you can imagine. Um, we have, you know, some early risers. And we were up, I think, at like 4.35. It was not great. And we had to take a van to the port to take a ferry to an island to wait for a second ferry, which took us to the mainland where we grabbed a quick lunch and then took a bus to the airport and then took a plane into the city where we took an S-Bahn, like a street train, to the main station where we could then grab an, an U-Bahn, our, our underground train, uh, which eventually took us to our, um, our uh, yeah, our neighborhood, our, our bus stop, our train stop um, here in, in Munich, which is pretty wild if you think about that. With all the luggage everything. I mean, it was so draining. And I have to say, I'm very thankful for our friend uh, Kati, who traveled with us. She was um, brought in to, you know, we, we flew her um, over with us to to watch watch the little ones while we tried to enjoy ourselves at a party with <laughs> like complete exhaustion in our eyes and only concern and worry and checking our phones every 10 minutes. But uh, ended up being really great, and I'm really glad she was there because we probably couldn't have made that work on our own, like, at all. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, so first what I'll do is just kind of break down the Greece trip a little more simply. Like, right now it feels kind of scattered because I'm just apologizing for not getting you an episode out last week, but um, I feel in my heart that you've forgiven me, so we're going to move on. Um, I, yeah, so we were invited, it's these two friends, they live in Munich, one's American, one's British, they got, they, they decided they wanted to get married, uh, on this island, Sifnos, which, um, the only Greek island I had ever really heard of was Mykonos, and I think, oh my god, please don't come at me if Crete isn't an island, uh, or is it just a city, uh, I'm not really sure, and I don't have enough internet here in the office to Google it so that I made sure that I sound smart enough to know. But uh, that's just the raw dog kind of honesty you're going to get here on Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. Uh, I do not know if that, <laughs> if Crete is a island or just a city on the mainland. But anyway, I didn't know any other islands except for Mykonos. And the only reason I knew about Mykonos, which this is really crazy because it's a wealthy party island, uh, I didn't know about it. Except for there's a Fleet Foxes song called Mykonos. And that's when I was like, Mykonos? That's a weird word. What is that? Oh, it's a Greek island. Anyway, so we went to Sifnos, 
which is much more south. It's really like in the ocean. It's technically the Mediterranean Sea, but, you know, who goes out there with a string and draws the line? I don't know where the Mediterranean Sea ends or where, I'm guessing, Pacific Ocean begins. I just don't know. But I do know that it's very wild uh, and it's beautiful and it's so warm. And man, I have to tell you, all these years of swimming in icy lakes and rivers in Germany, all these like thin, thin skinned, like leather backed Germans were like, oh, it feels so refreshing to jump into the river. Oh, yeah. Oh, it feels so nice. Nice and cold. You must, you must dive in immediately and dunk your head under. And once your ears are under the wasser, then it feels much better and your body acclimates to the cold. When you were around that for years, you're like, all right, I guess I'm going to shrivel up and die in this freezing river, which you sometimes can stomach when it's just warm enough. Like at the end of September, you're like, now I can swim. And then one week later, it's winter and it's winter for 10 months. Um, but like after all that, going to Sifnos and swimming in the Mediterranean Sea was like absolute heaven, absolute heaven. It was never too cold. It was so refreshing. It was what I imagine Germans feel when they jump in icy lakes and rivers, but actually refreshing, like cool water. And then sometimes very, sometimes warm, but not like hot water because no one wants to jump into like hot water. It feels like you're jumping into like a pee-filled jacuzzi. No one wants to jump into hot, hot water. It feels like you're jumping into sweat. No one wants that. It was never hot, but it was nice and cool occasionally a little warm, kind of just went in and out of those two temperatures. And it was lovely. It was so great. I lo- I really, I really loved being in the water. And that was like my, you know, I have to say on paper that my favorite thing was being at this wedding. And the wedding was wonderful. But as somebody who hadn't been able to go to a beautiful island before, because I'm a simple little Southern boy, I have to really admit that like just the last day, the hangover day after the wedding, just sitting on that beach and swimming in the in the ocean with everybody, even the groom and the bride and everybody, just like swimming around in the ocean was so nice. It was so necessary. And um, we had a good group of people there, uh, nice friends. It was, a, you know, really good group that, that traveled with us. And yeah, so, you know, the flight there was really rough. We had zero sleep. I, and this is like no joke. I think we'd gotten like somewhere between 90 minutes and under two hours of sleep. Really bad sleep. Just the worst night ever. And then we had the early morning flight. So it's, you know, it's like leaving the house at 6 a.m., which is just horrible. Um, racing off. We meet with our friend Kati. Um on the train, she meets us at a certain platform. We Everyone thinks we're going to be late because we have to take a different train because it's uh, the other train is down, which is faster. We have to take this longer one. So it's like, oh my God, we're never going to make our flight. We run through. And this is f- like for me, what I hate more than anything on planet Earth. I hate rushing. You know, if I, okay, it sounds old and it sounds stiff and it sounds boring, but if I have a flight that leaves at, let's say, 11 a.m., I'm going to be at that airport somewhere around 9 a.m., depending if I fly to America, maybe 8.30. And you know what? If I have to be 
at a place at 8.30 in the morning. You better believe I am getting up at 6.30, latest 7. And that way I can stand up. I'll have showered the night before. I'll have pre-packed everything down to the zipper. And all I would have to do is stand up. Well, that's very German, isn't it? Stand up in the morning. To get up. Um, Aufstehen. And go make make coffee. And, you know, eat breakfast, perhaps, if I'm feeling it that morning. Bowl of cereal. Some coffee. You know, check messages. And slowly walking at a snail's pace. Getting the suitcase. Putting on my bag walking. Oops, I missed the first train. Well, that's okay. The next one comes in four minutes. I'll just put on a podcast or I will watch a few TikTok videos until it comes. And then casually taking the train all the way to the airport and just walk, walk from place to place. I hate rushing. I would much rather get much less sleep than everybody else that I'm traveling with than to be punished by running through an airport in Birkenstocks with a heavy suitcase and a big stroller and like you're everything's dragging and heavy and falling and there's water jugs and there's food and spoons and stuff falling everywhere it's horrible it's horrible I hate it I hate it so anyway we rushed uh aggressively until finally we got everything checked in they said don't worry it's okay you're gonna make it then we calmed down a bit. Then went through the my least favorite part of flying, which is security. Because you always think to yourself in the last minutes, am I carrying a, a, a pound of cocaine? Did someone give me a knife? Like, you're thinking to yourself, like, am I covered? Like, do I have a bomb on my chest? I just can't remember. You always worry that you're going to get stopped or busted or, or something. And of course, I'm so anxious and and I have rushed there and I'm frazzled, nervous that I forgot to take off my belt. So I'm going through the thing. It beeps. I take off my belt, throw it to the lady. She puts it through. I walk through the thing and we are rushing to get all the stuff together. And, uh, you know, Kati's there. We've got like, got to reassemble the stroller. We're putting all the things together. We're putting jackets on haphazardly. We're stuffing things back into suitcases and duffel bags that they took out. And we're pushing everything to the corner and shoving laptops back in. And, you know, everything, everything's really stressful. And we get everything together and we go to the bathroom uh, across, like, down maybe a five-minute walk down the airport before our gate. And I realized I don't have my belt. I've left my belt in the security line somehow. Somehow. And now I'm wearing new pants that I bought just, for some reason, one size too big. I liked them. I wore them with the belt. Uh, everyone said it looked very nice. So I thought, I'll just wear these one size bigger. Who cares? If I get gassy or I have a big pizza, I'll take the belt off and vada ving, vada voom. I got pants that fit. Hey, he's a smart one. And now I don't have the belt. So now I'm walking around the airport stressed and sweaty and hungry and exhausted. 
and I look like I'm about to do a freestyle rap battle with the barista at the cafe because they keep grabbing the front of my pants up and then grabbing the back of my pants up and then grabbing the front of my pants up and then the back of my pants up. And my underwear is all sweaty and ridged and like bunched up and giving me a wedgie. So I'm pulling things down and pulling things up. It looks like I've literally got ants in my pants. It's unbelievable, guys. It's like I have herpes or something. I felt them so disgusting to be in there grabbing and swinging and pulling and every, I I might as well have just been scratching and just said, excuse me, pardon me, and went through the aisles just with my hands literally inside my pants. I might as well have just done that. I looked that perverted. It was so lame. Uh, But we got on the plane and it was a rough flight, but we got there and then once we were in the mainland, we were like, oh, you know what we should do? We should just see if one of these big taxi buses at the airport can take us to our hotel. We have so much stuff. We'll never fit on a bus or a normal taxi. And we go to this guy and he looks at us. There's like, you know, this stroller, double stroller. There's like four suitcases, duffel bags, all this crap. And he goes, let me see how where your hotel is. And he looks at it and he's like, I feel like, I swear to God, I feel like he smirked or like he looked over and just like winked at one of the boys and was like, yeah, it's going to be $180. And we were like, oh, that's a lot of money. <sighs> but that's why we have a shared account, which takes money out every month to just automatically save and store your money. And uh, we did it. <laughs> we actually did it. We paid the 180 euros. We had also paid for Kati's flight, so this was the most expensive wedding. It was the most expensive wedding of my life, uh, except for my own. (laughs) I mean, this was, like, insane. Uh, So, um, we, yeah, we paid the thing. We're in the car. I'm in the back seat. The bus is swerving left and right. I get super nauseous. I ha- I'm pretty certain I have pretty intense, uh, like, quick-to-gut nausea from my mom. Like, I feel like car sickness very easily. Like, if you're in a plane and it kind of, like, you know, if it kind of, like, loses altitude for just a second for any reason, nausea instantly. I'm like, I got to vomit. If I'm in the backseat of a car and I'm not only staring at the road, or blacking out the windows where I... So it's, either, it's either my eyes have to be inside the car only or outside the car only. And the car cannot be swinging around left and right like an F, F1 driver hitting the turns, you know? It can't be Ricardo being like, hey, we got a big one coming up. It can't. Um, otherwise, I'd be like, well, got to vomit, you know? And that's what he did. He was F1-ing these tiny but beautiful... Greek streets. We were in Athens for one day, and it's so funny. We didn't, when we got to the hotel in Sifnos the next day, there was like a coloring book for kids in the lobby, and I looked at it, and that is when I finally saw <laughs> all the beautiful things that Athens has to offer. Uh, they were black and white, hand drawn pictures of all these gorgeous historical monuments and structures and sculptures in Athens that we did not get to see in person, which is really a shame. Athens is so beautiful. We saw nothing of it. We saw our hotel. We saw a dirty street. We saw a very small corner shop that sold us some meat and fries. 
Uh, and then we, well, we saw the coast a little bit when we had dinner. We were kind of right there on the water, but we didn't really explore it. And then, yeah. Yeah, we missed all the beautiful stuff, all the monuments and structures and sculptures and all this art and all this history and the the philosophers and the mathematicians and the greatest, you know, um, the greatest minds of the earth. And yeah, we didn't get to see any of that. So I really want to go back. Uh, anyway, everyone was nice. The food was great. And then we went to... Um, yeah, and the next day we took a ferry, which if you've never been on a ferry, it's kind of like uh, the cheapest, dirtiest, fartiest bus you can imagine, but on water. So guess what? Gotta vomit. Super sick. Um, at first I was sitting down and I noticed that the ferry was moving and I thought, oh, this is nothing. This is what ferries are? Oh man, I should have been taking these forever ago. Had no reason to take one. Um, but you know, I thought this is going to be great. And it was for a little while stood on the deck, watched the turbines pounding into the water. That was cool. And then I stood up inside to be fair. And I went to the bar. I was like, I'm going to get a cup of coffee. And I stood there and all of a sudden this fairy decided that it was trying to chase down a school of whales. It was really like left up on the wall, right up on the wall, left up on the wall, right up on the wall. It was so nauseating. I waited in this hot line, finally got all the way up to the front where the lady was like, yes, sir, what would you like? And I just looked around and was like, I'm sorry, I can't order anything right now. She's like, what? Like, I'm sorry, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't, I'm sorry. And then I went back to my seat and was like, <sighs> and I did that for like 20 minutes. And then, you know, all the friends found out and someone brought me like a, something, something like a Dramamine, like a motion sickness pill. But I was like, ah, oh, but is it going to make me sleepy? I don't like when medicine makes me sleepy. I feel like I'm like, I've been, you know, tranquilized. I'm not going to be quick, quick on my feet. I'm not going to be able to like get through the day if someone gives me one of those. So I said, no, but thank you. I can't deal with drowsy medications. And then I, and then, you know, ugh, and then I'm sitting there, but and then it goes away. I just didn't expect it. I just didn't expect it. So anyway, uh, finally got to the Island. So pretty, so pretty instantly. It's a beautiful Island, beautiful people. Um, got to the hotel, uh, the room wasn't right, so we had to find another room, uh, which I've never done before. It was kind of embarrassing, but in the end, was the better choice. Got there, great. The only problem with having a hotel on basically the beach is that after the first 12 hours, you ha will always have sand in that hotel room. And there was a cleaning lady, if not every day, every other day. But you will have sand in your bed, and you will have sand in your bathroom floor every day. Hey, that reminds me of, since I said bathroom. You want to know the you want to know the weirdest thing about going to Greece? Um it's the fact that and I think this is the same in Portugal too. You want to know the weirdest thing about going to Greece? The weirdest thing is that 
You cannot flush the toilet paper. You cannot, let me, you, let me say that again. You cannot flush the toilet paper. You have to wipe your ass and open up a little trash can next to you in the floor and you put the toilet paper in the trash can and then you flush the water down. And for girls too, it's like, hey, I'm going to go pee in here. Wipe de wipe into the trash can, flushing the liquids down. It's so weird for me. And I've traveled to Portugal before too. I'm pretty sure that was the same case. But at least in my friend's place where I stayed, they had a bidet. And you know what? If there's no other way, bidet. And, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. If there's no other way, bidet. And I've, I kind of like bidets now. I don't have one of my own. But, you know, if I'm if I'm around it, I'll use it. But this this hotel didn't have that. It was just a toilet. So, and that, dude, the horror that is the inside of that trash can. You know, we had three people who were wiping in this hotel room and all of the wipes went into the same can. It's kind of like really learning who your roommates are. It's really seeing who are the people that I've traveled with? Who are the people that I'm spending my time with? Okay? I don't think we're eating the same foods. I don't think we're on the same diet. That trash can must have been, I mean, that poor... That poor trash can. I mean, I know I was demolishing it because I was on a I was on a holiday eating grilled fish and sardines and octopus every day. Guys, that's not gonna smell good. Imagine how much garlic goes into that trash can. And lemon juice. And ouzo. Oh, the ouzo. Lord. I, can, I really don't understand why they do that. I don't know. I mean, imagine being in a hotel and you say to yourself, oh, is it um, is it advanced enough where you can have uh, fast acting, fast speed Wi-Fi? Oh, of course. Of course it has Wi-Fi. Don't be crazy. It's a hotel. Every hotel has Wi-Fi. Ah, okay. So it does have Wi-Fi. Okay. But there's nothing that would make me think that I'm living in uh, the 14th century, would it? Well, it's funny that you ask, actually. Why, why, why do you... What do you mean? I mean, if there's Wi-Fi, then that's, I mean, that's like the, you know, I would expect if it's like a dirty, old, cheap hotel that there might not be Wi-Fi. Okay, some places just don't have it in smaller towns. Oh, no, 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 no. There's Wi-Fi, but you can't flush the toilet paper down the toilet. What? Yeah, it was very weird. So um, I had to get used to that, but you quickly forget when you are outside uh, looking at the beautiful Mediterranean, I I bought some some snorkeling goggles. Um, I I brought contact lenses, which you know, for my mom listening, it's so great. You can just go. There's a there's like a uh, imagine like a Walgreens or a CVS if you're American. There's all these kinds of shops. They're called DM and Rossman, and they're all over Munich. And there's one down the street, and you can just go into a DM or Rossman. And just look at the shelf, and they have, right next to the reading glasses, just shelves of contact lenses. And you just see, like, oh, do I want a daily thing? Do I want a weekly pair? Do I want, like, a month's worth? Whatever. Like, one-a-days, or something I can, whatever, wear more. And uh, I already had the contact lens case, and I already had uh, the cleaning liquid, the sanitizing liquid. So I really just needed a a few contacts. And I just bought a few to try. I was like, well, 
I know my vision's gotten worse, you know, in the past few years. That's kind of what bad vision does. It gets worse. So I was like, I'll try minus 350, minus 250, because uh, they're they're different. And the, in the, uh, I'll try minus 375 and minus 275 and just see which ones I like more. And I know my glasses are half and half. So I thought, mm, you know, maybe I should try the 75s. So I wore contact lenses that I bought at the store, no prescription, just boom, right there. And that was that was cool. That was very convenient. Brought contact lenses, bought a pair of cheap sunglasses. Uh, so I haven't worn contacts and sunglasses in a very long time. And that was pretty cool, actually, to, to, to be in that world again. And that meant I could go snorkeling. I could go underwater. Uh, my family knows the story about one time I was uh, swimming in the river here in Munich and I had my glasses on. And I fell somehow the wrong way in the water, like I was playing rough or something. And my glasses just flew off my face and flew and went down the river, never to be seen again. And I had to get home from the Flauha, from the south area of the river here, uh, with no glasses. And I hated that so much. Um, there is kind of like no worse thing for me. I'd rather flush... I would rather never flush toilet paper again than to have a broken pair of glasses or a um, pair of glasses that was launched down a public river. Um, I got to see. I really, I really got to see. Um, yeah, so bought contacts, went, uh, uh, you know, snorkeling, saw a lot of fish, which was very cool. Uh, felt like I was inside of an aquarium and otherwise known as nature, <laughs> like with fish. I saw fish in the ocean, and that was cool. Um, yeah, I got a nice little sunburn, and, you know, and this was all leading up to the wedding. So the wedding itself, like I said before, I don't want to give too much of their details away. It's not me who got married. So, you know, American friend, British friend, they flew, the, the, well, they... I almost said they flew everybody over. They didn't. We we flew over, <laughs> but they they invited us over. Um, it was, you know, really nice dinner, um, good party scene. It was my first evening wedding, so that was all kind of new for me to be at a wedding that's like starting the ceremony around like 7 p.m., and we didn't sit down at the table to have dinner until about 10.30, and that for me was a little late, a little late for me. Most weddings start around like 1 or 2 o'clock. Um, and then I had to play some songs or I was asked to play some songs at the wedding. And I thought, oh, this would fit so nicely around like seven. And I played almost midnight. And the funny thing was there was one song, just one song in the list that I, I just didn't like. I just didn't want to play it. And I was saving it for near the end. It was like, I was going to play this one that I didn't really like. And then I was going to play like the big banger at the end that everyone would love. And so funny. I played a couple of songs. Then we invited our friend Chris on stage. She was he was gonna do a surprise song for Ben and K- uh, well for <laughs> for the bride and groom. Almost just said their names. Um, yeah. So he he came to do a surprise song. And then when he was off stage, I came back on and I played one more. And so that meant I had two more on the list. I was like, all right, guys, we have two more. And then the wedding planner and the sound guy and the bride and groom that came up to me and they were like, oh, sorry. Oh, okay. Timing. It's Jordan, I'm so sorry. Would you mind um, just playing one more song? We have to end everything quickly so that we can be done 
right before midnight because there's a giant fireworks display and we can't release it after midnight. It's on the timer. And I was like, oh, oh no, that sounds terrible. Oh, how could I ever cut my set short? Oh, this is just so meaningful to you. Oh, oh. And I was like, of course, sure. <laughs> no problem, of course. Yeah, there's things to plan. No worries, we'll just do one more. Literally turned around, took the sheet music that I had for the song I didn't want to play and just whoosh, ripped it up in half and threw it away. <laughs> and then we did one more song. We ended with um, a fun song that uh, the groom's sister sang very well. Uh, Fleetwood Mac's Everywhere. The one that's like, oh, I want to be with you everywhere. Um, that was really fun. We clapped along and made it a fun, silly song. Yeah, and then, like, really the party started then. You know, it started at, like, after midnight, um, which was late to start. And I couldn't stay so long. Um, but it was really fun. And I felt like I kind of had some closure and some, like, new like new beginnings with some of the people that were there. And that kind of just felt really nice, cleansing in a way, if you will. But yeah, then uh, stayed one more day, and then the following morning we uh, flew back, uh, and and you know two ferries and a bus and a van and all that stuff, and finally got home, and then ah uh, we settled, settled back home into Munich, and wow, that just was so nice to have this one day. <laughs> we had one day in Munich where everything was calm and cool. We were just at home and we watched a movie and ordered food and it was so like, oh, nice, you know? And we um, we had the one night and then the very next day, so, so yeah, so Thursday was all the traveling. So, you know, that was usually the release day for the podcast. So I didn't have it then. Friday, we uh, had the one day of rest and we had to unpack. And we have a friend who's kind of like a part-time nanny for us now. So she came by. I worked a little bit. We unpacked all the clothes and put everything away and cleaned a little bit. So that was also kind of like a lot. But then we chilled in the evening, didn't want to work. Saturday, we had to drive to about two hours or no, about 90 minutes south. Um, Ify's uncle had his 70th birthday party. And that was really nice, too. It was really hot, sunny, beautiful weather. They had, of course, crispy, fresh, Sutla Gold beer on draft. Um, I had a few of those. I had some great Lebekesemmel. Oh, my God. That was the juiciest. And I don't know. Uh, I know if my... Uh, Mom, you probably remember Lebekes, right? It's like this thick, juicy, hot bologna. <laughs> Which, by the way, band name, I'm calling that thick, hot. Thick, juicy, hot bologna. Um, that would be my stripper name. <laughs> Up next, you love him, you hate him, it's thick, hot, juicy baloney. And then I come out, <laughs> oh, I almost made an Oscar Mayer wiener joke. Anyway, so, um, had the most delicious, thick, hot, juicy, sweaty, amazing, Lepake <laughs> Samuel ever, uh, with... Uh, yeah, and they also had like really fresh pretzels and all this really, really, really German stuff. And it was really great. Nice family. Everyone was wanting to play with the babies. And that's always a break for me. It's always a break for the J-Man. And then we went back because in the evening, 
so for those who are, you know, maybe only recently listening to, listening to the show or, 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 or what have you, um, Ify and I have been had the pleasure of working on the same television show that came out this year. It's called Wrong, and it came out in March on RTL+. And you can stream it everywhere uh, once, you have, once you have the app. And it's great, and I really am proud of it. And it was a lot of work and a lot of fun, and I got to meet some really great people. And I got to work for this production company, Noyazupa, that I'm a big fan of, that a lot of my friends work with, also on different projects. Um, and yeah, I got to meet this very eccentric director that I've talked about, David Helmut. He's been on the show. He was, yeah, the last, right, the last episode that I re-aired was the David Helmut interview. So go check that out if you haven't. And anyway, we worked on that show, and so now is like the film fest time in Munich, and all the TV series and, and, and films and all these film TV people and all this like sort of like Hollywood stuff is all screening and there's all these parties and, you know, whatever. So we came back from the uncle's thing on Saturday and um, she, Evie had been invited to the network's party at this big warehouse. RTL had a huge party. And that's, you know, those kinds of things. It's full of producers and actors and directors and writers and you really kind of want to be invited to those things. And so, of course, we negotiated, hey, you go, you have a blast. I'm going to, you know, stay home and, and st- you know, and take care of everybody. And it was really like a relief. It was like, that's good. That's such a good step in. This is so nice that this is happening. And it was a jam-packed weekend of that stuff. And I was so proud of her and proud of myself and so happy to be there. Um, Saturday, um, Sunday... Sunday, there were two things, and I was invited to one of them. It was so cool. Ify's agent, Christina, has a really wonderful agency with, like, amazing people on it. Um, our good friend, Moritz Binder, and his lovely, talented wife, Johanna, she's also, they're both on the same agency as Ify. Um, our previous guest, Ali Reza Golafshan, he's on the same agency. So it's really, like, a miracle agency of really, um, like, really amazing people. Uh, and... That agency had, with with two other agencies, I think, had um, like an afternoon party, like a noon until three or four, uh, like white wine, food, get together thing at this at this bar, and it was really nice. And I th- I kind of wish it would have gone longer because I started to finally feel myself, you know, towards the end of it, and then it was like, well, okay, now it's time to go. But, of course, our good friend, my good friend, I say our because, you know, if you listen to the show, you've heard me talk about him a lot. But our good friend Moritz was there, um, not to be confused with Mobat, who is not on today's show, but hopefully, I believe, will be on um, the following episode. Um, Moritz uh, Binder was with us, and Johanna, and, uh, of course, Ali was there, and uh, I got to see um, sort of like some new friends, like Robbie. Um, and his wife, Katarina, these are really talented, really sweet people. Um, got to meet some, some nice new people. Uh, there's a guy named Flo that I'm trying to, you know, get more connected to. And there's a, a nice new guy named Francis, a friend of Moritz's that I was introduced to. And, you know, it's just like really good, nice people. I don't want to sit here and be like, I met John and Stacy and Linda and Tyler. Like, you know, like you'll never know who these people are, you know? So it's just, yeah, really nice people. And... It uh, was really fun. I had like three glasses of wine and started really feeling relaxed and comfortable. And then it was over. 
And then we had to go home and get everybody settled down um, for early bed because then Efi went right back out to a very cool, it sounds like the coolest party for Noyazupa, which is the production company that we worked for. And man, oh man, oh man, I can't tell you how jealous I was. I was so jealous. Turns out like everybody that I knew was there, all the names that I had listed before, plus like good friends like my friend Giovanni, who I've done music with. It was like the dream party with all these people and good, good people, good drinks, good times. I really wish I could have been there. Hopefully next year we can make something work where we can both go to all the parties. I would love to do that. Uh, so yeah, it was really a blast and I'm really happy that this, this stuff is kind of happening. Like, you know, just showing your face a little bit, getting to see people. Um, I was kind of embarrassing myself a little bit, admitting to everybody that I was nervous to be there, which makes it sound like, oh, I'm so nervous to like pitch myself to people when that's not what those things are for. You're not supposed to show up with a business card and be like, hi, I'm multimedia creator and entertainer, Jordan Prunes. You know, you just go there and you have some food and you have some drinks and you just meet people and you're like, oh, hi. Oh, hi. Nice to meet you. And you're just like, you're just hanging out. And Moritz was so kind to like kind of sit with me and warm me up a little bit, but it it wasn't like I was nervous to go, uh, you know, like I said, hand out a business card or something. I was never going to do that. But I was just nervous to like be at an event with a lot of people, a lot of people that I want to work with, cool people, you know, humble, nice, friendly people. I was like, I hope I belong here. I want to belong here. You know, it's like this imposter syndrome thing. And I blew it a little bit, I think, because this guy Flo that everyone loves, who I want to also, you know, get to know, showed up and he was like, oh, hi. And I was like, hey, I'm Jordan. I'm Ify's I'm I'm husband. And he was like, oh, uh... Like, how you doing? <laughs> and I I don't know why, but my inside uh, true feelings came to the outside, which I should have lied and been like, I'm great, dude. Like, what's up with you? But I said, uh, I'm nervous, but I'm good. I sounded like a kid who had one ball drop, but not the other one yet. And he was just like, two syllable words were splitting in half, like, like fish tank, you know, or <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But um, yeah, I felt very embarrassed. And he kind of looked at me like, nervous like uh, like i don't know what he thought that i was nervous for or what i was pitching myself for but um uh, kind of blew it uh so let's see if i ever get to see him again hope so heard he was at the party heard it was a lot of fun and yeah guys i just wanted to send you sort of like a, an apology episode this is like uh you know i never want to let you down i want to make sure i'm there for you i want you to know that i'm i always think about these episodes and i want to make sure that you get something every single week and the re-airing of David Helmut was only a good excuse because I did a fresh intro for it. And I really wanted to, you know, put something in there. It was just such a busy week. We're planning for the wedding. We have another wedding that we're going to go to uh, in like less than two weeks. It's for uh, our friends, uh, Chris and Linda. And it's another sort of mixed group. One's Australian, one's German. So maybe I can do this cool idea of like being, you know, on the on the scene at that wedding. We're driving to that one, thank God. So it's a little easier. Um, so yeah, we'll make we'll make something work. And I think uh, as usual, Thursday should be the standard release time, uh, release day for you know the new episode, which I think we are recording tomorrow. So I will coordinate that. Oh, and last but not least, please, please, please. If you live in or around Munich, please come to 
my first Munich concert in a very long time, uh, my first real like show with like a, you know with a you know I mean I played this little support slot for this Pine Grove band uh, in May, but this is like a show that I really want to play with good Munich a good Munich band named Dilbray. Basically, come to the show. It's at the Miller Club. I love this club. It's uh, in Zendlinger uh, Zendlinger Tour, and it's Zendlinger Tour, and it's a cool club. Nice people. Always good sound. Dobre is a great band. Nice people. Joe, the lead singer, he's really a friendly guy, a husband, a father, a sweetie. Great voice. And, you know, I'm playing like 30 or 40 minutes. I'm going to be playing with my friend Marcus, um, who is just the, like the, one of the most talented guys that I never get to play with. We're going to rehearse tonight. I'm really excited about it. So come, come to the show. And if you can't come, then please tell a friend about it and say, you have to go. You have to check this artist out. I'm, I'm asking the fans to share the news. And if you can come to the show on Friday, please come by. And if I haven't met you before, tell me that you, you know, you heard me on uh, Artsy Fartsy or you heard me on American Sunday or you like my new Tolman videos or you like my TikTok videos. Tell me where you found me because it's always interesting for me. And not that this show has the most enormous crowd, but you never know who's listening. So um, come to the show if you can. I'd love it. It's this Friday, July 1st. I'm going to talk about it again um, on the show that comes out Thursday. Uh, Just as a final reminder, I would love to get a lot of people in there and really have a good party, a good time. Let's cut loose. And thank you so much for listening. We are going to be, yeah, back on this Thursday with a fresh episode. So stick around. As always, please share this show, talk about it, comment about it, rate it. Just tell your friends that you love it. Come to the show. I'll meet the people that you're introducing the show to. I'll shake their hand. I'll kiss their butt. I'll kiss them straight on the mouth with tongue if it means that they will subscribe to this show because you know what? The show means a lot to me. The show is my heart and soul. And if people subscribe to it, it means a lot to me. So thank you very much for listening. I hope you guys have a beautiful week. We'll be back in about three days. Take care. Take it easy. And if you lose your belt... Use a shoestring. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Artsy Farts Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Badscheider, produziert für M94.5.